Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I want to jump into today's message. I know y'all been traveling. Your pastor's been leading you through the book of Acts verse by verse. And I called Pastor Gabe. I said, Pastor Gabe, what have you been preaching on? He said, well, I just finished Acts chapter 3. And I said, well, I got a word in Acts 3. So would it be okay if you just hand me the baton and I'll carry it just a little further and then I'll hand it back to you when I'm done today. And then you can go on to Acts chapter 4. Can we just park in Acts chapter 3 for a couple of Sundays? And uh, like a, okay, all right. I was going to do it anyway. (laughs) And so uh, I just want to go to the book of Acts chapter 3. And I'll just start by reading some of it. Because how many of you know sometimes the text preaches to you? You you know, sometimes you just got to open up your Bible and start reading it. And it'll talk to you. And let's go to Acts 3. And I wanna, I'm going to park on somewhere that I think, I think the Lord wants to speak to us today. So, Father, we thank you for our gathering today as we come as the church, the gathering, the called out ones. I pray by your Holy Spirit that you would enlighten, not only use this vessel sitting up here, that, Father, you would also, Father, the, the, the sound, what we hear, That, Father, you would open up the hearts of every believer here and they would hear your voice today. Not mine, they'd hear yours. And so we invite your presence here today. Thank you for what you're going to do. We give you praise in advance. We pray that this seed, the word, would fall on fertile ground and it would begin to produce something in every one of our lives. That, Father, maybe today changes everything. Maybe it's possible that today changes everything. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. I'm going to entitle this message, Can I Get a Witness? Now, you got to practice a little bit. Can I get a witness? So I want to take you to the book of Acts, chapter 3, beginning at verse number 1. And just follow along with me. Don't forget, if you find it in yellow, you can say it out loud with me. I'm just helping you. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. And as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one that they called the beautiful gate. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some cheddar. How many of you have ever been asked for money? Let me see your hand. Okay, put your hand down. How many of you have ever asked somebody for some money? Okay, okay. How many of you have ever seen, Heidi and I were, were started our senior pastoring, planted our first church in the inner city of Houston, and one of our first converts was actually one of the men that would sit on side of the road with one of those signs. He only had one leg. I didn't name him this. This is how he introduced himself. He said, my name is Pegleg. That's funny. I don't care who you are. If you met Pegleg, you'd say that was funny. And so Pegleg, Pegleg got saved. 
quit drinking for a little bit, and then one day we, he fell off the wagon. That's what we call it. And then one day we couldn't find him. So we went looking for him. We went to all the street corners that he used to work begging, and we found him. And he had an honest sign. And his sign said, why lie, I need a beer. How many, at least he was honest about it in Jesus. Can I get a witness? Uh, all right. So, y'all need to lighten up just a little bit. <laughs> Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. But I'll give you what I have. And in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. In the name. Everybody say in the name. Oh, there's some power in the name. There's some authority in the name. And he said, then Peter took the lame man by the right hand, helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and straightened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and he began to walk. And then from walking, he began leaping and praising God. And he went into the temple with them. And that's very key. Now we're going to get down. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. Okay, everybody stop just for a second. You can take the, that off the list. Take it off the board for me for a second. We're practicing for the next service. We're going to mess up on you today, and then 11 o'clock is going to be awesome. <laughs> I, I just want to zero in on something. They saw him walking and heard him praising. If I can translate that, if I can, if I can broussard that for you. They saw him walking and heard him talking. They saw him walking and heard him talking. They saw him walking and heard him talking. Now, let me just back up, give you a 30,000 foot view of the book of Acts. It's the only book that's not named after a person. It's not named after a place. It's the book of Acts. It's the book of action. It is the book of the Holy Spirit when it was poured out in Acts chapter 2 upon the early church. It is a promise from God that he said, and Jesus said, unless I go away, I can't send the one that's greater than me to you and you're going to need him. He's going to be your paraclete, which means your helper, which means he's going to be your helpmate. He's going to give you, help you when things you couldn't do. How many of you are married? Men, raise your hand if you're married because the woman sitting beside you is your paraclete, your helper, your helpmate. The reason why we call her helper and helpmate is because you needed help. You got up this morning and she said, you ain't wearing that. She's helping you. She sees what you don't see. She hears what you don't hear. She picks up on things you don't pick up on. She says things to you. You sound and you can't say it like that because Heidi's going to talk to me after the service and say, baby, let me help you. <laughs> Why? Because I need. 
Jesus said, I'm going to send one because you're going to need some the help me, the Holy Spirit, he'll walk with you, he'll walk beside you, he'll whisper things to you, he'll convict you, he'll say you can't say that, he'll help you, he'll say you can't cheat on that. The helper, the Holy Spirit. And so the book of Acts has no conclusion to it. If you read the last chapter, it doesn't say greetings or salutations we're out of here hope to see you soon it's left it's left unended because it was supposed to be continued by the people of God as we walk this thing out and perform acts on behalf of the father can I get a witness he said when this Holy Spirit comes upon you I'll give you power by say power yeah, now you go, what does that really mean? Here's what, here's what I want you to hear. It means I'll give you the strength you need and the authority you need. Now we sang a song earlier. Sometimes we sing songs we don't really know what they mean. Or we don't really believe them. I have the authority. How many of y'all were like, oh yeah. I got the authority. It just simply means that he'll give you strength and the authority to be a witness. Everybody say a witness. Can I get a witness? What's a witness? A witness is one who can testify that it's true. That you can say, oh, no, 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 I, I, I got a witness. I, I can testify what God has done. I can Walk it and talk it. And I want you to see that. I went to zero and they saw him walking and then they heard him talking. The person and the person of the Holy Spirit will give you the power to be a witness. People, here's what I want you to hear because this is what, I'm, I'm just, just stay with me. People will see you walk before they hear you people are going to watch the walk before they hear you talk witness is not talking witnessing is walking I'm going to help you it's walking it out and when you walk it out and I'll show you in just a moment so people are going to see you before they hear you how many of you ever heard somebody, you've ever used this? Oh, that brother talks a good game. What are you really saying when you, somebody says, oh, he just talks a good game? He's not walking. That just means he talks good, but the walk don't match the talk. Now listen to me. If your walk is not matching your talk, then you're not being a witness in bringing people closer to God. You're actually pushing people further away from God. Are y'all checking with me? He's talking a good game. What he's saying is not true. He's not really living it out. In fact, you would say it like this. I know how they say it down there in Cade. They say, he talks the talk, but he can't walk the walk. So in order to be a witness, the Holy Spirit will empower you so that you'll have the strength to walk the walk 
and the authority to talk the talk. It's a two-sided coin. You can't just talk the talk. People say, I got me one of them Christian t-shirts. Yeah, the problem is, can you live it? It's not can you wear it, but can you live it? Now today, I, I introduced Heidi. We've been married 32 years. 27 wonderful ones. Those first five were tough. Can I get a witness? <laughs> you know, you're learning how to dance. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're learning how to dance. Those first, well, it's probably seven, probably 25 beautiful years and seven, you know, that seven, that seven years. There's just something about that seven, the number seven, you know, completion, you know, one week, one, seven years. And so we, we were both headstrong and uh, we, we were deciding, Heidi's a strong woman. There ain't nothing wrong with a strong woman. Am I in Broussard? I said there ain't nothing wrong with a strong woman. She just needs a stronger man. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for today. And she, she's, she's, she, she what, I, I've told my son this. I said, son, here's how, here's how you know whether you got a pretender or a contender in your future. Number one, does she love Jesus more than you do? If, if loving Jesus is sexy, did I say that right? Heidi's going to correct me on that one afterwards. I mean... You will. You're going to correct me? Okay, never mind. I'll just go ahead and get corrected now. Can we erase that tape and just splotch that right there? Just... I, I was attracted, how about if I say it this way? I was attracted to not only her physically, right? Because that's the first thing, you know, the beauty. But what made her even more like, whoa, was that I knew she really loved the Lord. And it was beautiful. Yeah. So she's been the conscience. She's been the conscience of our family. I mean, I can remember back in our early days. Some of, I'm going to tell how old I really am. Like if we were going to, like before kids, we're like, let's get a movie. Remember what you used to have to do to get a movie? You, have to get, you had to get in the car and drive down. There was a store called Blockbuster. Anybody remember Blockbuster? Raise your hand if you remember it. You old if you remember it. And you'd walk in there. Back in those days, you didn't know what was out. I mean, you just looked at the posters on the wall, and then you went down, and you'd pick them up, and you looked at them. And I would look at one, and, and I'd go, ooh, I want to, ooh, this looks good. It looks good. You didn't have no Google search. You just went by the pictures. This looks good. And she'd take it and say, what's it rated? And she goes, no, uh-uh, no, no. I go, baby, it's fine. No, 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 it's good. We'll just fast forward. It, baby, it's just, it's just killing and cussing. She goes, no, we are not bringing that in our home. No, mm-mm. I mean, she, she loves God more than I love God. She, she, she's, but she ain't perfect. I mean, she's made me look bad all these years. And, and she's, got, she's got a flaw. Y'all want me to tell you what her flaw is? 
I'm going to tell you. I don't care. She's going to be mad at me after this sermon. I'm a strong man. Stretch your hands towards me right now. Pray for me right now. She's got one little problem. Her right foot weighs about 50 pounds more than her left one. Is her foot that big? It's heavy. One day, I'm driving down I-49 towards Lafayette. Ronnie, you're going to appreciate this. I'm driving about 75 in a 70. And all of a sudden, she drives a white Suburban. This white flash flashes by me just like... And I, call, I pick up the phone. I go, I believe that was Heidi. She's got to be doing 90 miles an hour. I pick up the phone. Baby, what you doing? She goes, oh, I'm just heading down the Lafayette. She didn't see me. I'm just heading down. She can't see anything going that fast. I, I said, baby, what you doing? She goes, oh, I'm just heading down to Lafayette. I said, I know. You just passed by me like I was sitting still. And all of a sudden, I see her red brake lights go, I said, you're busted. In Opelousas, Louisiana. I'm I'm discipling the chief of police. I had to bring him a ticket. Y'all know South Louisiana. I, I, I said, chief... I I work alone, baby. (laughs) When it's women's night, you got the mic, you can do what you need to do. My message. I'm teasing y'all, baby, I'm teasing. Well, it was great to be with Tom Broussard. So, I'm, sitting, I'm having lunch with him. Yeah, you know, are you reading your Bible? And, you know, we're talking. I said, listen, I'm so sorry, but I got to, I know this is the third time. <laughs> and I slide it over to him. And he looks and says, really? Third time? Because last week in the foyer of the church, she handed me number four. It took drastic, you know what I did? I went out, got a razor blade and took off the Old Town sticker off her car. (laughs) Took the Our Savior's Church off her car. I said, baby, you live so godly, but you drive like the devil. I gotta take that off your car. (laughs) Can I get a witness? You live like Jesus, but you drive like the devil. Now listen to me, I'm over-exaggerating that story. But you gotta walk the walk before you talk the talk. They're going to see you before they hear you. Let me show you, you're gonna know this verse, but let me give you a different angle to it. In fact, let me show you 1 Peter 3 and 15, watch this. First, First Peter 
3.15. We may have a little technical difficulty. I told y'all 11's going to be awesome. Let, let, me, let, me, let me show you. I'll just read it to you. Ready? How about that? Instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. Okay. Instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your... Oh, what does that mean? They're seeing something. They're seeing something. If they ask about your hope as a believer, always be ready to talk. If they see something and they ask, you be ready to talk. See, walk, ask, talk. Here's the question I want to ask you. Is anybody asking? Is anybody asking you to explain? If they're not, then maybe we're not showing enough of the walk so that they would ask us, what's the hope that you have? I know we're all convicted. Now, I'll help you at the end because I'm going to show you how people really ask. Most people don't walk up to you and say, tell me about Jesus. They're going to watch you walk and then they're going to ask you some questions that will let you know that they're actually seeing the difference in you. They saw him walking, they heard him talking. And watch what, I'm gonna pick it up, I'm gonna pick it back up in verse number 10. Are y'all with me? Okay, we're good, okay, watch this. When they realized he was a lame beggar, who's they? The lost. When they realized that he was the lame beggar that had been so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade. Let me translate that for you. They all went to church. Wait a minute. Isn't that the guy that used to be fill in the blank? I see him walking, I heard him talking. Where he's I'm going where he's going to get me some of that. Look at me right here. The most powerful witness that we have in our community is not Tim Tebow. Though he is a powerful witness. The most powerful witness we have in our community is someone who walks in who used to be lame, who is now walking and living it out. And then when people go, what's the hope you have? What? What? They go, I, I used to know him. One day we were, we were in Opelousas. And one of our brothers pulled me aside and said, dude, you see that dude? It was there in the meet and greet, you know, the 60 seconds. 
And he said, dude, you see that dude over there? And he pointed at a guy and said, I can't believe that dude is even in the church. I said, that's funny. I met him in the foyer and he pointed at you and said he can't believe you're in this church. Can I get a witness? This, what, 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 and I love this part. He said, then they, he held tightly onto Peter and John. I love that part. Watch, watch, uh, this past week, uh, you can come help me, Cody, because I'm going to land the plane, but it's going to take me a minute. Yeah, just run across here. Get a, give it up for Cody. I've called him Corey for two years, but other than that, finally somebody says, his name's Corey. Why didn't somebody tell me? I've been calling him Corey for two years. Watch this. This past uh, two weeks ago, Heidi and I had to go to Houston because my great uncle passed away. His name was Herman. We call him Uncle Herman. Uncle Herman, I had an opportunity to talk to him two days before he passed. He's a Christian. He was ready. He was an intercessor. He was ready. I mean, he was ready to go to heaven. And in fact, he, he told his wife, I love this. I go, I hope I'm like that. I, I hope I am. He kept saying, Jesus, what you waiting for? <laughs> I hope I'm like that. Just like, I'm ready. He's like, I, I'm tired. I'm ready. He's 80 something years old just but that, that's that's the end of the story that's the beauty of the story right that's not the beginning of the story the beginning of the story so probably the first time I remember Uncle Herman was probably I was probably about five I was at my cousin's house playing with him we were about the same age and I was staying over for spend the night with my cousin and stayed with my Uncle Herman and Aunt Barbara Uncle Herman was a motorcycle cop police officer for HPD, the Houston Police Department. Kind of one of the pioneers of the, 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 the motorcycle guys, you know. Back in those days, they drove Harleys. So we could hear Uncle Herman coming home like when he made the corner, you know, half quarter mile down the road. We could hear him. And me and David, my cousin, would run outside to watch him pull into the driveway and he'd get off in those black boots that were all the way up to here and he was he was bad I mean he was he was a, a man's man he was he'd get off that motorcycle and we just go it's so cool he, he was he, he went to Korea and he had tattoos not not like you not like these kids get today not the the pretty sleeved you know, with all the color, not all that. Back in the day when men got tattoos, like they would put their arm up there and take a needle and stick it some ink and just do this. <laughs> Them ugly old tattoos made an anchor on, the, on his forearm. It's like, man, he'd get off that bike, tattoos, black gloves, those, those uh, aviator sunglasses, black boots, man, get off. I mean, this is before chips, y'all. Y'all remember Poncharella? Before chips. Young people don't know what I'm talking about. 
It used to be a show called Chips. Motorcycle cops. He was mean. Crusty. Never, never had a daddy. Was abusive to my cousins. Drank a lot. One day, there was a neighbor couple. I was probably about 16, 17, somewhere in there. A neighbor couple came by that they liked. There was a good neighbor. Helped them in the yard. Walked the walk. And one day the neighbors came over and just said, hey, there's a new little church that just got built down the road. We're going to go. We'd like for y'all to go too. And they said they would. He said in the back row, kind of right back there. My Aunt Barbara would say when the Baptist preacher would give the invitation, he would grab the front of the pew and squeeze it and sweat would come down him and he would just hang on until the service was over and then he would let go and he'd leave and she'd say Herman are you okay because yeah I'm, I'm fine well what you think of the service well let's give it one more week and he'd come the next week and the couple friends would sit there and he'd end the service he'd grab the back of that pew and she said he would just profusely sweat. Back in those days, the Baptist pastor would say, if you're ready to receive Jesus, you got to walk the aisle. If you're ashamed before men, I'll be ashamed of you. And he'd grab that aisle. She said, I'll never forget, probably about six Sundays in, one day, I could, she goes, I just closed my eyes and pray. And then I felt like something released and I looked over and he was gone and he was up front and he gave his life to Jesus okay from that moment on he was a different man this old crusty we'd walk we know we, we never talked to him like when I was growing up it was like hey Uncle Herman hello now he's like, hey, genie boy. That's what they called me, genie boy, my family. If you call me genie boy, we'll kick you out of the church. You're not even going to heaven if you call me genie boy. It's like, man, he's all, what's, what's up with him? We're, we're 16, man. We're, we're, we're smoking, cussing, chewing, going with girls who doing. Oh, quit acting like y'all forgot where you're from. Man, we're like, dude, what's up with him, man? I'm, I'm, I'm a rebel teenager. My parents don't know what to do with me. And they would call Uncle Herman. Uncle Herman got into the Word, got in the Bible, started praying and interceding, and said to my mom and dad, y'all need to get that boy in church. And they said, okay, guess where they came? To that same little Baptist church. Now Uncle Herman's sitting on the second row. Guess who's on the last row grabbing onto the pew and sweating profusely? Me. 
two days before Uncle Herman died, I said, Uncle Herman, you were the John the Baptist of our family, a voice crying in the wilderness. I wish you could come to Opelousas, to Acadiana, to Louisiana, to Broussard, to Lafayette, to Midtown. I wish you could come walk all of this because if you wouldn't have found Jesus, walked the walk and talked the talk, I wouldn't have found Jesus. I wouldn't have found Heidi. I wouldn't, our children wouldn't be blessed. I just want to tell you, thank you. Witness is not just telling, it's walking. Now, let me help you, because I, 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 I don't want you to walk out here discouraged. Let, let, let me help you. Are you a witness? Let, let, me, let me give you give me three quick points. How many give me five minutes? Five minutes? Five, ten? Okay, that's all I got. Fifteen. Thank you. Okay. Number one, are people asking you for the hope that you have? This is the way it'll play out. Hey, could I just ask you to pray for my family? They're going to come. They're going to ask you a question because if they see something in you, it may come to you. They may not say, hey, what's the hope that you have? What they may say is something like this. Hey, I was just, hey, I know, I know you're a churchgoer. And so, hey, would you mind just praying for my family next time you have that opportunity. Hey, next time you're praying, would you, would you just remember my family in your prayer? They may ask it like that. They may, they may ask it like this. Hey, I, I, can I get some wisdom from you? They're seeing something different in you. So the, the question may not come out, what's the hope that you have? It may, hey, can I pull you aside? I just need some wisdom. Or maybe, hey, we're, I'm struggling right now. Our marriages, would you mind, what would you do? Can I get some advice from you? It may come out, why are you so happy all the time? Now, here's what Peter and John, I don't have time to read it. Here's what Peter and John said. Hey, I love what the scripture says. It says, Peter saw the opportunity. In other words, all the lost people started coming to church because they saw a witness walk and talk. And Peter saw the opportunity and said, do you think it was me and John that had the power to do this? It ain't us. It's Jesus. So, so when they do ask you those questions, it's important that you don't give them your wisdom. You point them to the one from which you got it from. You got it from Jesus. Amen. Listen, if they're not asking you to talk, it could be because they haven't seen the walk. They have to see it before they hear it. Now let me give you number two. Because if the answer to number one is, people aren't asking me, the answer's no. Here's the question I'll ask. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the one that empowers you to walk the walk and then gives you the authority to talk the talk. You need the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is ask, I wish I could overcomplicate this, but I can't. Because the scripture just said, have you been filled? No. Ask him. 
What else? Just ask him. Lord, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? And here's, here's what, if people aren't asking you, then you need to be asking God. Somebody needs to be asking a question. If people aren't asking you, then you need to be asking God. Can I tell you what my future is? I can tell you what my future is. In between services, I'm going to go, Lord, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit again? Would you just fill me with you? I need it. I can't do this on my own. I need your Holy Spirit. I hope the worship team goes backstage and goes, Lord, we need your Holy Spirit. We need it again. We're going to pour ourselves out again. We need the Holy Spirit. And let me give you number three. Number three. Are you asking a witness for the hope that they have? What's that mean? Number one, are people asking you? No. Then you should be asking God and others for the hope that they have. Now, it may play itself out like this. Hey, I've, I've noticed your marriage. Walk. We're struggling in ours. Could you talk to us? Hey, I've seen the kids that you've raised. Walk. Would, would you mind maybe going to dinner with my wife and I and just giving us anything that you've got on raising children? Talk. Make sure that you're asking questions to one another so that you can walk the walk so that one day you'll be able to talk the talk. I, I, I'm dealing with a situation at one of our campuses. I, I've tried to call the family. They will not return my call. I got word back from that family. Don't want the church up in our business. Look at me. Can I rebuke you? I'm going to rebuke us all. The Lord rebuke the pride in us. And the one who gave me the message, I said, will you send this message back? Either you uncover it or it will uncover you and the whole city will know. You just decide. So by the way, the church already knows it's the reason why I'm calling. Why wouldn't you go ask a couple that you see their walk? Why wouldn't you go say, I see your marriage. Could you help us in ours? Why wouldn't you? Pride. If people aren't asking you, you should be asking God and others for the hope that they have. You may not even be asking the right question. <laughs> the beggar. Y'all got some money? Y'all got any money? At least he's asking. You might ask somebody for marriage issues and get, this man's asking for money and get saved, healed, and filled all at the same time. And he didn't even ask that question. 
I'm wondering how many of you have been waiting to get saved, healed, and filled, but the question won't even come out of your mouths because we're too prideful to ask it. Do y'all receive this word? So, Father, we come to you today to ask you, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Would you lift your hands and say, Holy Spirit, fill me. I'm asking. I need your Holy Spirit to fill me so I could become the witness that you want me to be in our community, to walk the walk, the strength, the empowerment, to walk this walk. I can't walk this walk by myself. Eugene doesn't have enough. I need your Holy Spirit to walk with me, the paraclete. So fill me with your Holy Spirit. And then, Father, give me the authority when I'm asked the question never to leave man to my own wisdom, but to always point them to the one that can save, heal, and feel. Forgive us of our pride that we won't even ask God and ask our brother and sister when we watch them walk the walk that we're not. Father, forgive us. And I pray, Father, that you would open up the windows of heaven over this campus, that, Father, there would be a powerful witness coming from Broussard. The world is ready, the harvest is ripe, and now is the time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We receive your word today. Forgive us of our pride. In Jesus' name. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're here today. You just need to ask God to save you. Jesus said you can't enter the kingdom. You can't even see the kingdom until you've been born again. Maybe you need to ask God to save you. Save you. He loves you. He's not mad at you. The scripture tells us that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. But Jesus came to pay the penalty for our sins. To take our sin, our guilt, and our shame. And he died for it. And maybe today you want to just see, confess him as the Lord, to make him the Lord of your life. He'll forgive you of your sins. You repent of them. He'll forgive you. You can be born again. You can start over today and everything will be forgiven. You just got to repent. And if that's you today, I want to lead you in a prayer today. Maybe today, Christians, would you just be praying? If you're in this room and you're lost, you need to ask the Lord to forgive you. I want to lead you in that prayer. If that's you today, would you slip your hand up all over the room and say, Pastor Eugene, that's me today. I'm ready. I want to be born again. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Anybody else? Hold it up high. Thank you. Let's pray this together. Would you say this with me? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go, and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin, 
and <clears throat> to be born again. God is my Father. Let's declare this. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God all the praise.